It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back here again for another week of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julian Council, with you guys once again, and happy to be here talking Panthers every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can check us out on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Odyssey, on Stitcher, and pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from and you guys already know that wherever you're listening that's where you can find me unless there is some sort of glitch which happened the last couple weeks but we've got things figured out so you should be pretty good when coming to find the locked on panthers podcast you can also follow me julian council on twitter at julian council where every friday throughout the off season i'm gonna need your participation as i answer all your questions a part of the friday mailbag any questions you have on the carolina panthers any questions you have on well anything I'll answer it. That's what we do here on the Friday Mailbag every Friday here on the Locked On Panthers podcast until the season starts. On today's episode, I kind of go ahead and look ahead to some of the pending free agents in 2022. What's some of the guys on the roster really who need to have big seasons? What kind of decisions might the Panthers have to make a year from now or at least probably more like 10 months from now when it comes to who they're going to dole out a second contract to or who might be exiting, which might set them up for some other priorities in the draft. Also, I got a question about Cam Newton that I didn't get to answer for the mailbag. I kind of want to talk about that, where the Panthers might be, how they kept Cam, or, you know, just uh, always interesting to think about the opposite timelines that there might be there. Had Cam Newton still been here in Carolina? Is J.C. Horn here in Carolina? or Or is he elsewhere? So what kind of things could have changed if Cam Newton stayed here in Carolina? Let's start off with another conversation about Sam Darnold. It's going to continue to dominate the headlines throughout the offseason. It's the question that I think a lot of Panther fans are asking. I was talking to some Panther fans on Twitter last week just about the decision to trade for Darnold. And to me, it's a little puzzling just considering the fact that he wasn't good in New York. and We've been over all the reasons. We're not going to get into them now. But that aside... The Panthers are trying to figure out what they have in quarterback. And a lot of people, I feel like, think that had Tay Bridgewater not been the quarterback or had he been a lot better, then the Panthers might have been a team that would have been right on the fringe of the playoffs. And it's hard not to feel that way, considering the fact that they were 0-8 in game-winning or game-tying drives, that they had a losing record in one-score games in 5-11, and and only four of those games they won with Teddy Bridgewater. 5-11 just didn't feel great, especially when you were so competitive in those games. So now going into 2021, I think one of the big questions is, does the entire season hinge on Sam Darnold being successful? I'm not quite so sure. The defense last year was not good for the majority of the season. Later on, 
Once some guys like Derek Brown really came along, and you saw, I mean, obviously Jeremy Chin was great all season long, Brian Burns, they, they came along late. But overall, it wasn't a great defense. I think, if anything, the Panthers are going to be hoping to have a better defensive performance throughout the entire season. And hopefully, like Joey Sly, or whoever becomes the kicker, special teams can be better. In all facets of the game, the Panthers have to be better if they want to be a team that can get to nine wins, get to ten wins, be a wild card team, and of course, in a dream world, win the division and win a Super Bowl. I don't think those are realistic options in 2021, but getting into the playoffs, I think it's possible for sure. Will it happen? I don't know. Is it dependent upon Sam Darnold being good? Not necessarily. I just think if Sam Darnold goes out there and gives the Carolina Panthers average quarterback play this year and the defense plays better, you get production out of Chris McCaffrey being healthy for all 17 weeks, which I think if he had been healthy last year, it would have been maybe a different story for Carolina. And Teddy Bridgewater probably would have had more success opposed to him having to, I don't know, be the focal point. I'm not going to necessarily say that, but still, I think McCaffrey, when he's in, he's the focal point. When he's not, then yeah, the quarterback has to go out there and distribute the football and has to make better decisions. And Teddy Bridgewater, he failed at that at a lot of points last season. Now, I don't think everything was on him. It was the youth of the coaching staff. Of course, Matt Rule, first time as an NFL head coach, first time play caller in the NFL and really period in Joe Brady. Had they been maybe a little bit more experienced and handled things a little differently, maybe Carolina would have won more. So that's why I don't really place everything on Sam Darnold. Matt Rule said it himself that, Every game's not going to be a referendum on Sam Darnold. Now, it might be within the media and the fan base, at least in that facility, he's saying not every game is going to be all about, you know, Sam the quarterback of the future or not. It's really going to be dependent upon how the guys like Robbie Anderson help Sam and DJ Moore and Dan Arnold. And, of course, Christian McCaffrey, Terrace Marshall, David Moore. How does the offensive line help Sam Darnold? Because the offensive line, if they're not good and they're bad like they were, they have been the last couple of years and like the offensive line he had in New York, it's going to be really hard to evaluate just how good of a quarterback he really is. Now, he's going to have to do more than what Teddy Bridgewater did. And that's why they're hoping that he can come here and he can at least stretch the field of his arm. He can hopefully make better decisions than he's made his first three years in the NFL with all the turnovers, whether it's been interceptions or fumbles. I don't think everything has to hinge on Sam Darnold being successful. I think just natural growth of the organization whether it's the head coach the defense special teams the offensive line i think there's a lot of other factors that go into the carolina panthers being a good team this football season i think the roster is a lot better than it was last year i know there's questions from other people on the outside whether this roster especially offensively is really that much improved i'd think so and something that you would imagine would happen with a full off-season workout program where the coaches are actually face-to-face with these guys for the first time when they didn't get that opportunity to do that really throughout the season and then last offseason when they took over. I expect the Panthers to be a lot better, and I don't think it's only going to depend on Sam Darnold being good this year. Obviously, Sam Darnold playing well is going to be important for the Carolina Panthers. I just don't think it's the end-all, be-all for the Panthers to have any chance at success in 2021. Now, Darnold's already had his fifth-year option exercise, so he's likely to be a Carolina Panther in 2022, whether he plays well or not. Now, we've already seen with Teddy Bridgewater – that necessarily did not end up being the case, even with two more years left on his contract and really one guaranteed left on his deal, which no longer is the case here in Carolina, as he's been traded to the Denver Broncos. There's a couple pending free agents heading into the 2022 offseason and into the 2021 season that I kind of want to look at and think about who might be the priority 
and who could potentially surprise and end up being a long-term fit here in Carolina. I'll get to that in just a moment. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily Instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in Instant Karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Credit Karma Money. Progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning Instant Karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank, Inc., Member FDIC, maximum balance and transfer limits apply. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, taking a look at some of the upcoming free agents here in Carolina. And just trying to figure out who should probably be the priority. I, I don't think there's really any question on the one individual that should be the priority for the Carolina Panthers coming up in 2022 if they don't get a deal done by July 15th. And, of course, that's Taylor Moten, who I talked about on Friday as some people out there saw that he bought a house in the Charlotte area. And folks wondered, does that mean that Taylor Moten's going to be a Panther long term? Now, I, I said not necessarily. If anything, it means that Taylor Moten's going to be posted up here in Charlotte you know, long-term in life. Might there be a pit stop somewhere else for the next four, five, yeah, 10 years, depending on how much longer he plays in the NFL? That's certainly a possibility. His mom's family is from Gastonia. His parents moved down from Michigan to Charlotte recently, and they retired, and Moten is happy to have his family down here. And he would be happy to be a Carolina Panther, I think, especially the team that drafted him, a place that he's gotten to love the city of Charlotte and the fan base, I think. I don't think there's a single person out there I've ever heard that said a negative thing about Taylor Moten. I think everyone seems to like the guy, especially considering that he's the only offensive lineman on this roster that right now you can depend on to protect your quarterback. And that quarterback this year is Sam Darnold. So I hope that Taylor Moten will be here. And I think the priority, if they don't get it done by July 15th, there's not with there's without a question. Taylor Moten needs to be a Carolina Panther for the next four plus years depending on whatever contract terms they put out there they should be paying him whatever it takes to have him be their right tackle of the future now there's certainly the arguments of how much of the right tackle will he make if he's not the blind side 
I want to have a good tackle situation here in Carolina. That's why I was hoping that Detroit was not going to take Panay Sewell, and we could be sitting here with Panay Sewell at left tackle and then Taylor Moten at right tackle for at least the next five years and maybe longer and not have to worry about either of those positions. A concern the Carolina Panthers have absolutely had, at least at left tackle, since Jordan Gross retired, and it's been a revolving door literally at that position. So Taylor Moten, without a question, should be the top priority for the Carolina Panthers when it comes to free agency next year. Now, there's a couple other guys out there, like Robbie Anderson. And I was asked about this on a Friday mailbag, if I saw there's a scenario in which Robbie Anderson returns to the Carolina Panthers. And certainly there's a scenario. It probably comes down to... Robbie, if we're being honest, I think they probably does like li- living here in Charlotte, of course, in a beautiful city, but more so, I'm sure he likes Matt Rule. And there's a reason why he came here. Obviously, the race to be had with Matt Rule dating back to their time in Temple. That's why he came here. He had a career year last season with Teddy Bridgewater's quarterback. I'm sure with Sam Darnold, he had a good connection with back when he was in New York Jets, that he is excited about that. Now, he only signed a two year, $20 million deal to come to Carolina. And I think $12 million of that was guaranteed fully last season. And now the other eight, I think once the season starts, he's going to get all of that, which he deserves after with the season that he had. That's not the kind of money I think that Robbie Anderson is fine with having and just being done with that. I think he wants to get paid he want, probably a four-year deal. And he'd probably like to get 11, 12 a year. And if he goes out there and has another 1,000-yard receiving season with Sam Darnold, He's going to have proven that he certainly is good enough in the NFL to be a productive wide receiver. Will that be in Carolina? I really think it's dependent upon how this organization looks at Terrace Marshall and he's your second-round pick. You have him on a rookie deal for the next four seasons and then three seasons after this one. And if he does win the job as the number three wide receiver out of camp and he puts up the kind of numbers that you hope he puts up, you could feel pretty good with that. And David Moore, who they signed from Seattle, who had a good year last year playing out there with the Seahawks, he might end up being the number four receiver, but he does have the contract where he could be here for two seasons. Maybe he slots in as a number three where you have DJ Moore, who also is not a free agent, but is going to be a priority in terms of getting paid. You have DJ Moore, then you have Terrace Marshall, then David Moore. You might feel okay about the wide receiver position, especially you got Shai Smith also, what he could provide. I'm just looking about it and just thinking that, God, I would love to have Robbie Anderson back, especially if he plays the way he played last season. I just feel like it's tough to go out there and to prioritize him when you have a guy like Dante Jackson, who, going into a contract year, we don't know what we have in Dante. You know, he's a ball hawk. He's run into a, a few interceptions, and really more than a few interceptions, in his time here in Carolina. I think Matt Rule and the coaching staff likes him. When they drafted J.C. Horn, they talk about we need to get a guy who could start opposite of Dante. But then again, you bring in A.J. Boye, who is a former Pro Bowler. Now he's on the wrong side of 30. He's a big question mark. I do feel good about the cornerback depth right now. But if Dante doesn't work out and A.J. doesn't work out, then you only have J.C. Horn. So I think the Panthers are certainly hoping that Dante Jackson ends up getting another deal here and plays his way, at least earns another deal here in Carolina. Ian Thomas. The three tight ends are likely going to be Tommy Trimble as more of a blocking tight end, Dan Arnold as a pass-catching tight end, especially in the red zone, and then Ian Thomas slotting in there as kind of a an in-between of the two, even though he's 
no, I don't know if he's much of a cat pass catching tight end because we really haven't seen that much of it. I think he has the athleticism certainly in the body to do it. Then blocking wise, he hasn't necessarily been the greatest of blocking tight end. So it's not really like he's a master of none. It's just kind of what do you contribute at a high level of, at all, like even just a league average level as a tight end. Will Ian Thomas be back? Ah, God, it feels hard to believe that. Matt Paradis at center. I don't see Matt Paradis being back in Carolina, especially when they bring in Pat Fline. And they think about how he could potentially be the center of the future if he ends up not playing left guard or if he gets beat out. And they think that, hey, well, maybe he starts left guard this year. And then it makes more sense for the Carolina Panthers to move over to center, at least on a trial basis in 2022. And if that doesn't work out, then they go draft one because it's very hard. Now, you got Paradis in free agency, but it's very hard to find a good center in free agency as the Panthers have learned. And now this past regime with Marty Herney. But still, it was an exciting signing for a lot of Panther fans, despite Paris coming off of a broken leg. And he struggled in year one. And he was, you know, just okay last year. We'll see what he is this upcoming season as the Panthers asked him to restructure his deal. That kind of points that. I know Shaq Thompson, Christian McCaffrey, they also were asked to do so. But to me, it kind of points to Matt Paris likely not being here. Justin Burris at safety. I've said that I believe the Panthers, and they have addressed it now. They went out there and got another safety, former player in Seattle. But I just wonder who's the long-term option next to Jeremy Chin. I don't know if it's Justin Burris, and he certainly has this year to prove it. Hassan Reddick was last year in Arizona a lie, or will he end up being someone who gets paid massive money and as an edge rusher? And that's something that kind of complicates things a little bit when you think about Brian Burns next offseason, they're going to have to give him his fifth-year option for 2023, and he'll get it, I'm sure. If he plays the way he played this past season, he'll absolutely get it. Where you could be talking about, okay, you got to give him you know, his fifth-year option. We're talking about potentially extending DJ Moore, Taylor Moten, who needs to get an extension. How does Sam Darnold play this year? Darnold could be intoxicating an extension. At least for the add-on, to, so he's not kind of a lame duck quarterback, despite making eighteen point eight million dollars years, uh, eighteen point eight million dollars, excuse me, in twenty twenty two. Then with Reddick, if Reddick goes out there and puts the same numbers he has, it's gonna be a bidding war in the NFL for him, and will Carolina be able to afford him? That is one of the more interesting players to watch heading into the season. I just don't feel like a lot of people have given too much attention to that signing and him potentially continue to have a breakout in the NFL as he should be in his prime. If he does that, God, it's going to really complicate complicate the financials here in Carolina. I am very interested to see how things work out there with Hassan Reddick and some of these upcoming free agents in 2022 for the Carolina Panthers. I'm very interested to see how things play out there. And I think there's someone who asked me on Twitter the other day that I didn't get into the Friday mailbag was curious how things might have played out had the Panthers kept Cam Newton? I'll talk about that here in just a moment. Been telling you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, and occasionally they have some limited time flavors that are awesome. Their nine staples are coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There's something for everyone. If you like raspberry and you like cherry, and you still want chocolate, well, you're in luck. All Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. Now, mint chocolate, salted caramel, peanut butter brownie, 
you're thinking probably, well, these might not be the most healthy things in the world. Well, you're wrong. They are. Built Bars are absolutely healthy. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Built Bars are for everyone. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I was asked on Twitter the other day, as I asked you guys every week to give me uh, your questions for the Friday mailbag, which make sure to go ahead and start doing that right now. You can DM me, you can tweet at me, I'll save them, I'll get to them on Friday as we're going to continue to do that throughout the offseason every Friday, answering your questions about the Carolina Panthers. I got a question that I got to, I, at least I got it later after I had already recorded and put up the podcast, so I want to go ahead and just kind of answer it now instead of waiting, because it was something that did spark my interest in terms of, yeah, what could have things been like had the Carolina Panthers kept Cam Newton. I was asked, where do you think the Panthers would be if they had been patient and kept Newton? Better or worse record in 2020? Better draft position? Do they still get J.C. Horn? Is there more potential heading into 2021? All questions that this person wanted to know. Gosh, the patience thing is, it's difficult. I understand why they made the decision to move on from Cam Newton. Like Teddy Bridgewater, was a guy in New Orleans who had a relationship with Joe Brady. And Evan Cooper, the wide receiver coach here in Carolina, had told Matt Rule that when they go to the NFL that they absolutely need to sign Teddy Bridgewater. And they decided after Teddy showed that he was capable of still being a starter in that season with New Orleans while Drew Brees was out and the Saints didn't really skip a beat without him, which I think speaks more to the Saints roster as we saw what Taysom Hill did last year with that same Saints roster when Drew Brees was injured. They felt just more comfortable with Teddy Bridgewater. Cam Newton believes that the coaching staff was intimidated by him. Is that true? I mean, that's his opinion. I'm sure once we get to November and Cam homecoming is going to happen, we're going to learn a lot more about what happened during that time. Now, Cam might speak about it. Will Matt Rule speak about it? I doubt it. Might we hear from David Tepper? Possibly. But there's a lot of question marks. The foot, the shoulder, and you saw early on, Last season, especially that Sunday night football game at Seattle, Cam seemed to be just fine. Then he got COVID, and I don't know whether that contributed to the way he played the rest of the season. It's hard not to imagine that it was a factor, especially the way we've heard some of these athletes have spoken about how it's hard to get back in shape, and they don't feel the same after having the virus even months after contracting it. I'm not trying to make excuses for Cam Newton. I'm just pointing out something that potentially could have been a factor to for why he performed at least, you know, not maybe up to what his standards are in New England. And it's prompted the Patriots now to go out there and draft Mac Jones, who 
I would imagine it's probably going to be their plan to be the quarterback of the future, especially as Cam Newton is going to be a pending free agent in 2022. Might he come back to Carolina? No, probably not. I'm just kidding. Um, they have a better or worse record in 2020. I, I don't imagine they have a worse record than 5-11. and 11. Oh. And who knows? <laughs> it's just a thing. It's just like, maybe if Cam's in Charlotte, he doesn't get COVID, and that he turns up playing the way he played throughout the season against the Seahawks that one Sunday night. Or maybe he does get it and he has the kind of season he had, or maybe that wasn't a factor at all. Does he perform better in Joe Brady's offense than he would have last season in Josh McDaniel's offense? I don't know. I would imagine they probably would have been better last year. Are they a playoff team? I still don't think they would have been a playoff team, especially if Christian McCaffrey's not healthy. And the defense, just the way they were, I don't see that. Joey Slyos is their kicker, not a great kicker. Maybe they get to seven wins. Now, if they get to seven, then do they get J.C. Horn? Probably still, J.C. Horn would have been available, I would have thought. I don't know who the Denver Broncos valued. Did they value Horn over Sertan? I don't know. They took Sertan ninth overall after the Panthers selected J.C. Horn as the first defensive player taken off the board at eighth overall. Draft position, they're not in the top ten if Cam Newton is on the team last year. But they're still probably, you know, like in the early teens. They're not going to be – they're not in the 20s. That's not my belief. I still believe they probably could have got J.C. Horn. I think they still would have loved J.C. Horn because they still would have had the issues that they had this past uh, this past season defensively not being able to get off the field, especially with their cornerbacks, with Rasul Douglas, and then, of course, young guys and, and um, Troy Pride Jr. and Stan Thomas Oliver, fourth and seventh rounders respectively, having to play a lot of snaps when I don't think that's what the Carolina Panthers were wanting to do last season. That just was a circumstance. So, yeah, they're probably only a 7-1 team, even with Cam Newton. If Cam would have been able to make more plays than what Teddy Bridgewater did. And I don't know how he would have been utilized in his offense. There's a ton of unknowns about what would have happened. Now, potential for 2021, Cam was going to be a free agent this offseason. You know, he, he was a free agent this offseason. But for Carolina, had they kept him, he was going to be a free agent. So is he still here? Mm, I don't know. I have a hard time. If the season he had in New England, if he had that here in Carolina... I still feel like they probably would have moved on. Belichick loves Cam. First guy in, last one out, leader. Does all the things that you want a quarterback to do in terms of just in the locker room, on the field last season. Rushing touchdowns do count, y'all. Might not have been the greatest passing quarterback last season. And the way the league's gone, you do need an accurate passer. And people complained about that for years with Cam Newton. And Teddy Bridgewater was one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league last season. People couldn't wait for him to get out of here. I don't know if he's still here in 2021. I think the, if anything, we would have maybe got put a pause on finding the quarterback of the future. I don't know if Cam Newton was going to be the quarterback of the future in Carolina. I, just, I have no idea how things would have worked out. It's interesting to think about. I have a hard time believing that had he been here in 2021, if he had to perform the way he performed in New England, I have a hard time believing that he is still the Carolina Panthers quarterback heading into 2021. But we will never know. That concludes another episode of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can also check out us on Spotify, on Odyssey, and pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, Google Podcasts as well. Follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where I'm going to need your participation every Friday throughout the offseason with our Friday mailbag, where you can ask me whatever questions you have on the Carolina Panthers. Again, appreciate you guys your support. You've been awesome so far. I will talk to you tomorrow.
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.